amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What is up? Welcome into Wednesday, December 23rd's edition of Roughing the Kicker, a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast on arrowheadreport.com. I'm your host, Tucker Franklin, and joining myself today, and with Jordan Foote, Jordan Foote is also with me, um, I should mention, but Seth Kaiser, the Athletic, joins us today for a conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs. Seth, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing awesome. I gotta say, loving loving the, the, the new direction that Roughing the Kicker is taking. Pretty much anything would have been a step up, but uh, it's definitely been nice to see, you know, someone take the wheel with a firm hand and not trying to steer it into the abyss. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, I don't think uh, I would be nothing without Joshua Briscoe. I, um, so I don't think that I can throw very much shade his way. I'll save that to you. But uh, Jordan, sure. how are you doing today? Yeah, no, I'm uh, blessed and lucky to be here. I uh, I also don't really have much room to say anything negative about Josh, but I will uh, <laughs> kindly embrace anything Seth has to throw his way. Oh, oh, okay. Well, absolutely. Well, I'm glad. I, I'm glad <laughs> you're probably wondering why I gathered you here today. Let's talk about Joshua Briscoe with an E. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I think everyone knows Josh is one of my very favorite people and, and a, a good, good friend. And so this could just we could spend we could spend the next half hour just saying nice things about Josh, mm-hmm. but won't because that would be boring. I assume. Yeah, yeah, probably. And people probably want to hear about the Kansas City Chiefs and hear what you have to say about the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, One of the things when Jordan and I were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about with you, Seth, was, you know, what what's kind of a bigger story after this? You know, we talked about Clyburn's layer injury already. We've talked about, you know, some of the other big things. But one of these is the position of wide receiver. Wide receiver is an intriguing position because of the free agents that they have uh, at the end of this year with Sammy Watkins' contract being up, Demarcus Robinson's contract being up. So what is kind of your impression of this wide receiver core as it stands right now? Byron Pringle does just come off the IR. doesn't get very much playing time from uh, off the top of my head. I I can't remember how many snaps he had. But what is your impressions, and do you think it's kind of risen to the top of the Chiefs draft board needs? I personally have been talked into the idea that – wide receiver should almost always be at or near the top of the Chiefs draft board. Not necessarily because it's need. I don't really believe in drafting for need. Um, Not in the sense like I don't believe it exists. I believe that it's not smart um, for a couple of reasons. One being you just can't count on rookies to address actual needs. If it's a roster need, it's usually immediate, right? And so I just, most rookies can't do that. Um, you know, not every, not every rookie is Legereus Sneed, right? <laughs> Who, by the way, I'm still not reviewing his snaps yet because I won't do it. I've been hurt before. So <laughs> when, when I look at how the Chiefs roster has been assembled, you have an offense that is, is doing things no one in history has done, not just in terms of output, but in terms of consistency. And that consistency aspect is such a huge part of it because people can look and there's other offenses that have averaged, you know, 35 a game before. Right. And there's other offenses that have maybe had an even higher 
output over the course of the season, but none of them scored 20 straight over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over. And that's what the Chiefs are doing. You know, we all saw that graphic, right, mm-hmm. um, on Sunday. The two records for longest streaks, 20-plus. The Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like broken up by one game, and you're like, right, of course it is. Um, so when I think about how they've accomplished that, there's a few different answers. The most obvious one being Patrick Mahomes, and the second most obvious answer being Andy Reid. Um, however, their actual huge – so then, then you ask yourself, people talk about whether or not you should address needs or whether you should build on strengths in the draft. I'm kind of a build on strengths guy in the draft, especially with positions that you're able to maybe know a little more what you're getting. And I think wide receiver at times is one of those positions, at least at the top end of the draft. And so I I look at what they've done. I look at their roster right now. So I'm actually looking at the roster page because I can't be expected to remember all these people. (laughs) Um, You know, right now you've got listed on the roster. You've got Watkins, Robinson, Pringle, Hill, and Hardman. That's your active guys right now. And some of like Robinson, they didn't expect to be around this year. You know, Watkins, they were able to make it happen. What's interesting to me is that this next year, you know, you're going to have a weird cap year with all the whatever stuff with it, but you're also going to have some really good free agents. Mm-hmm. And so something to keep in mind with all of that is Sammy Watkins, he could be a chief next year. Mm-hmm. He loves Kansas City, and I don't think there's going to be an expensive market for him because the teams that are willing to drop big money, are they going to spend it on Sammy or are they going to spend it on Allen Robinson? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, or even, I mean, honestly, I think there'll be more of a market for probably five or six different receivers. So anyway, long road to a short thought, because anytime someone asks me a question, I'm not used to being able to talk this long. I'm normally appearing with Josh and like, you know, by now he would have made some reference to animal crossing or something. And, and so it's the long road to a short thought is what they've done. They've been explosive and consistent in part by surrounding maybe the best quarterback the game's ever seen with the be- one of the best play callers the game's ever seen, with one of the best collections of weapons. And if it's working, why screw that up? Mm-hmm. So I think it should be one of the top two or three positions that they're looking at in terms of trying to keep that continuity because Travis Kelsey ain't going to live forever. Tyreek Hill is not going to be, I mean, his contract, I can't even think about what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want those options because rather than counting, we've seen what happens when you count on an elite quarterback to keep afloat a lesser supporting cast mm-hmm. in Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Like, it does. You're still good. But the, the way the Chiefs, the, their most surest uh, opportunity to pursue Super Bowls is to remain elite on offense. And wide receiver is one way to do that. So if they drafted a wide receiver first over, first, not first overall, but, you know, with their first pick, mm-hmm. I'd be thrilled. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, My theory has always been, like, you want to get Mahomes a new toy to play with every year in the draft. Now, now free agency, that's fine. I agree with the Sammy Watkins sentiment where earlier in the year I was like, oh, I don't know, Sammy, he had his week one big game or whatever. Oh, maybe Sammy's going to have a big year and cash out. Well, there are a bunch of guys hitting the market. They're going to want to cash out too, and Sammy does like it here. He likes winning. He's going to have another chance to win. So if you let Robinson walk, which – after his past month or so, I'm not going to really be upset with letting Robinson go. You bring Pringle back. You have Hardman hopefully take a step forward. 
you take even like a top 100 pick and spend it on mm-hmm. a wide receiver, I'd be fine with. So as long as you can keep yeah. refilling everything that you have, I think they're going to be just fine. And my stance on that, Jordan, much like yours, has evolved. Uh, I started mm-hmm. off with let them both walk, just draft new people, just bring in, just cycle them in. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes can do do with, with anybody. It doesn't yep. matter. And then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, maybe Demarcus Robinson will be the cheaper value pick. It's if you leave, if you keep Demarcus Robinson, let Sammy Watkins walk, maybe that'll be better. And now I've evolved to, you know what, Sammy Watkins, you probably bring him back because mm-hmm. there's an obvious difference with him on the field than when he's not on the field just by his presence. And now I've evolved into, okay, sign Sammy Watkins and then draft a wide receiver in the top 100. So it's, it's just like, I just keep progressing to okay like you like you said jordan you've got to give patrick Mahomes a new toy to play with every year i love that analogy that was so good but uh seth i've got a question for you um we watched that saints game uh, we all did all three of us did and uh you see some i actually drops didn't in that i'm game. sorry oh, well this question is going to be hard <laughs> So I think that this has kind of been a problem somewhat all year. Um, occasionally we'll see some drops in some crucial moments. Um, yep. I, I'm, my broad question is, are you concerned about the drop? But I want to share a stat with you before I give you an answer. I let you ponder that. So okay. I was curious about this. I said, hmm, am I concerned about the drops? Let me look up the numbers. Last year, the Chiefs had 28 drops in the regular season. I said, okay, that's not too bad. I think it was uh, like 17th for the whole league. Mm -hmm. And then now, this year, they have 28 drops through week 15. And Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, that's that's kind of odd. I didn't expect that. But another twist to this whole stat is their drop percentage is still the same. So it's the same exact drop percentage. So that's my question to you is, do you think that says more about Patrick Mahomes or the wide receivers, or do you even take that into account? I think each drop and and how it occurred and the frequency of them should be viewed within the context of each player. So like with McCall Hardman, it worries me a little in that his drops, they're the kind of drops you're going to see with second year players. He's trying to run after the catch Mm -hmm. and Right now, Hardman, I think if I were to, you know, really, you know, think about it more deeply than I should, I think he's a guy who hears some of the noise about, you know, DK Metcalf and some of the criticisms he hasn't taken. And and I think, honestly, a lot of that noise I don't know is necessarily fair because he has had his role expanded in several games this year and has done well when asked to run a more expanded at route tree and that sort of thing. And the physical talent is there. Everyone can oh, yeah. see it. Mm-hmm. And when he's asked to make these unbelievable grabs, he does. Um, that, that catch against the Saints was insane mm-hmm. and a great toe drag, real veteran stuff. So, but those concentration drops to me, am I worried about that? Well, he's a second year player. Tyreek Hill really still has that happen to him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not as often though. Travis Kelsey had that happen through the first three years. Now he just like, well, he had like one earlier this year, um, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't happen much. And so I think things like that, you don't worry about, at least I don't until you're in the third year with a young guy uh guys like kelsey and hill because they've got so much volume they're occasionally going to miss one mm-hmm. it's just going to happen not everyone's larry fitzgerald and unless you are you're just going to and didn't larry finally drop one and it got picked off yeah it's just <laughs> unbelievable like the first pass he dropped since like the nixon administration and someone picks <laughs> it off. it's just unbelievable so i don't worry about it too much because like you said the number is about average and when you take into account how much they pass the ball. Yeah. And honestly, with Mahomes, he throws a really catchable ball, but he also throws from such wild angles and with such heat. 
that I think you're going to get an extra two or three drops a season just with some of that stuff. So I don't worry about it overly much. Um, I, I think it's mostly that concentration or holy crap, Mahomes moment. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah, well, and it also comes back to no two drops are created equal. Like, I can chart a drop, and Seth can chart a drop, and like that ball that Hardman had on Sunday where he had it in his hands and the defender made a fantastic play, different outlets call that a drop and different outlets don't. And, like, there's no (laughs) – I trust pro football reference. I trust pro football focus, but those two places classify drops as different things. So, like, with Mahomes – and then later in the game when he delivered that ball down the sideline to Watkins that he couldn't hang on to, do you call those mm-hmm. drops? Like, Mahomes is naturally going to give you more accurate balls than most quarterbacks, but he's also going to give you ones where you have a chance to catch it and you probably won't, and it might get counted as a drop. And he throws the ball so hard sometimes, that's part of the reason he doesn't get picked off very often. The defenders literally are not used to catching those types of random throws at angles and stuff, so... I yeah. Until it becomes like a chronic problem, I'm not gonna be too worried about it. Like with Hardman, like Seth said, it's kind of a youngster thing, and I think he does. Kelsey did it a lot when he was young. He would try to take off before he had the ball, and sometimes he still kind of is loose with carrying it after the catch. Guys just are like that, and it's a mental thing and a choice they make. Yep. So I'm really not too worried about it at all. I I was really happy you brought up the Hardman. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say drop with air quotes. Sure. I think that was a really interesting. Uh, what do they call the the ink blocks? Roshark, however you pronounce that. Rosek, Rochark. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he was also a superhero in a, in a movie too. But anyway, you, you've got it was it was a good ink block uh, ink blot test to see what people view. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. it's the same thing, uh, another example as the same basic principle. Um, there was a snap from Chris Jones against the Raiders, their first contest, that made the rounds and had a bunch of people questioning, you know, oh, is Jones checked out? He got paid. He's satisfied. Well, I'm an unabashed Chris Jones homer, mm-hmm. partly because he's an awesome player. You know, I have a soft yeah. spot for those those types of players. And what I saw was, guys, he's straightening up, seeing if the ball comes towards him that he can bat it down because mm-hmm. he's obviously double teamed. I actually almost tweeted some really passive-aggressive stuff. One of the passes that um, uh, I want to say, I can't remember which which New Orleans defensive tackle batted down in the fourth quarter. He did the exact same thing. He saw he was doubled. He stood up straight, mm-hmm. and then he, he batted it down when it came his way. And I almost tweeted that. I was like, oh, man, I hope someone's questioning this dude's heart. <laughs> Um, and, and look, there's room for, like what you're saying, there's room for reasonable minds to disagree as to what they're seeing. And our own predisposition towards a player is going to gauge that. What I found when I watched Chiefs Twitter react and national Twitter react to Hardman's play there, I found people that generally view Hardman as maybe a minus player mm-hmm. or kind of a disappointment or whatever, they viewed that as a drop. Other people viewed that as an awesome play by the defensive back. Um, I fall into the latter group yep. in that the throw was a little bit behind him, which it was still a very, very good throw. Those throws yep. are hard. It just wasn't perfect, and mm-hmm. that gave the defensive back an opportunity to make a great play. So I'm glad you brought that up because they're not all created equal for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. Um, you know, that Jordan's 
one of the best in the biz at that, bringing up good points. Please stop. Um, Please that's, stop. Cut that's it out. why he, he can't quit doing it. Every time I talk to him, he's bringing up good points. Cut I know. That, that's that's why he's on the podcast 90% of the time. So, um, Seth, I, I wonder what you think about Demarcus Robinson. We've seen him make good plays, and we yes. hear about his chemistry with Patrick Mahomes. Really, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes saying that he could be a number one receiver on any other team. But then we also see him make plays like the interception <laughs> that Patrick Mahomes threw where he uh, Demarcus Robinson ran like the wrong route and then we see him run backwards 10 yards mm-hmm. on a punt return to get the ball knocked out of his hands we also see him run backwards every time he catches the ball um, it's so, a thing <laughs> his spatial yeah, awareness I, is not great to say the least have you <laughs> have you seen anything on film to make you uh, say okay that's why he runs backwards or are you just as confused as we are i i think he's just trying to make a play yeah. you know yeah. and i think you see the chiefs fall into that because Hill does it too, mm-hmm. Hardman right. does it, even Kelsey does it, although Kelsey, as he's hitting the other side of 30, has started to realize, you know what, I'm a big dude, I'm just going to go forward here, you yeah. know, another five yards, rather than right. trying to outrun guys, because he just, he's not as explosive as he used to be. Better, but not as explosive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Robinson's just trying to make plays, and I, yeah, that's safety. I, um, I, I that was so aggravating, like... <laughs> Um, and then, you know, when I, I tweeted about it, and then people were, you know, adding him mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. replies. And I was just like, don't do that. He knows. Yeah. I, I really think you see players, they just, they know how good the offense is. And I think Andy Reid really lets guys kind of do their thing. Mm-hmm. And so they're just trying to make plays. And I, I think with Robinson, there's got to be some sense of he knows the targets are limited mm. because he is, I mean, behind – Kelsey and Hill and Watkins. I would say Hardman for the most part, depending on the game plan. Yeah. Um, arguably on the same level as Pringle sometimes, whether you've got the running backs involved. I mean, he's like a fifth or sixth option. And so I think there's a tendency to really try to make something happen. Plus, he's a good player. He has made things happen when he does mm-hmm. when he does that. He's, at, he's an athlete. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't look as athletic because we're used to watching Hardman and Hill. <laughs> um, but I, no, I'm not seeing anything on film that would excuse it or justify it it's just more i really think he's just out there trying to make a play in limited options and he'd be probably better off if he didn't well and tucker you brought up how mahomes said before the season like this guy could be a number one on several teams like obviously as a quarterback you're gonna vouch for your guys but also robinson knows that like he's either auditioning for a bigger role with the chiefs and competing with hardman or he's auditioning for a bigger role in a payday somewhere else like the contract year is undefeated for pretty much 99% of players, as Therese Paler always says. But, like, yes. Robinson is going to either leave and go somewhere else and get paid, or he's going to come back. And it's like, it depends on what people think of him. And what he does on the field will determine what people think of him. So I, I completely yeah. agree that, like, he's just not a Hardman or a Hill athlete. And that's not saying he's yeah. slow or unathletic. Like, that dude, when he got drafted his athleticism is like his calling card. So like, he's a very, he's a very, very good athlete. And I think that he he just tries to make those plays. Yeah. Right. He's trying to do something. He's a, he's a very good athlete trying to do things that different athletes are doing. And Mm -hmm. there's a difference between those two things. Hardman, if it weren't for the existence of Tyreek Hill, we'd never shut up about how fast Hardman is. He is unbelievable. He's Deshaun Jackson fast. Mm -hmm. It's just Hill is from another planet. 
Um, I, I, you, I, I'm glad you brought in that human factor. I see another good point. Talk to you and you weren't lying. Man. Oh my gosh. Um, just, they're constantly just, just coming out of the air. <laughs> yep. Um, and so the, I, I do this, uh, a weekly thing, uh, for KCTV five. That's right. Shameless self-promotion, um, with Desmond <laughs> Moses. And mm-hmm. he talks a lot about, you know, his time as a player. And that's one of the goals that we have is to, you know, get some of that information, what it's like to be a player and how yep. you approach those things. And what he says all the time is your game tape is your resume. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy for us watching the game and caring about it from a fan perspective. I think it's easy to forget that this is their job. And so Demarcus Robinson wants to help the Chiefs win games. Make no mistake. Mm-hmm. He's a team player. His teammates love him. But at the end of the day, he cares a little more about the same thing you and I would care about yep. too. And that's his resume. Right. And so I think every now and then you're going to see someone pressing. And I think that's what happens with Hardman at times with drops too, yep. where you, you they, they're trying to work on that resume. And it's not that they're trying to do it at the expense of the team. you got to remember, these guys have been the best athletes on every field they've ever been on mm-hmm. until now. <laughs> and so I, I, I know a lot of people are pretty down on Robinson. Oh, I never want to see him you know, on the field yeah. again. Robinson's made a lot of important plays as a chief. And th- they were spoiled that he is a, their third or fourth receiver. I agree with you. I mean, his talent level is there. It's just uh, somewhat frustrating to see him run backwards 10 yards. I, when, going going back to that pump play, I can remember him back there, and I saw, oh, okay, Demarcus Robinson's back. Okay, he's running backwards. He keeps running backwards. The ball is out. <laughs> it's just a progressive. It's like one of those. pain. And it's like a no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Like if Tyreek Hill does that, we're like, no, what are you doing? And then he does it, and we're like, oh, okay, whatever. But like. Like we said, Robinson is a 92 or 95% great athlete, not a 110%. There's that little difference makes so much of a difference in the NFL. Yep. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. And another guy that's in a contract here as well is Sammy Watkins. He did suffer a hamstring injury, which seems like a yearly thing for Sammy Watkins is to suffer an injury and, and go on the uh, – I don't think he actually ever hit the injured reserve. I think he stayed on the uh, the roster the whole time. He was the old Eric Berry day-to-day. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we got to see uh, Sammy Watkins finally uh, get back on the field, and he makes an impact. Like I mentioned earlier, we talked a little bit about his whole contract situation earlier, but I kind of want to dive into Sammy Watkins a little bit more. Uh, do you think that he's going to be worth the price tag? And do you think he comes back for another year? Or do you think it's a multi-year deal? I The price tag for him is really interesting for me. Because first things first, I don't know. I, I'm not a draft guy right. at all. Like, just not. It's I, I just lack the time and the brain capacity. But this year's receiver group, I've watched a few of them. Whew. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sitting here watching, I don't know his first name, but Waddle. And I'm sitting there like oh, fanning man. myself. Jalen, like, oh. dude. Yeah, I'm I'm picturing him. And the thing is, what I'm reading is he could literally he could actually go like third or fourth among receivers mm-hmm. because because his own teammates probably better. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like 
how Alabama hasn't didn't you know well that's a whole nother ball of wax but I mean there those are probably you know two and three you've got Chase out of LSU mm-hmm. and you've got a few other guys that look yeah. really good like it looks as good as this last year's draft class and the thing is a lot of teams took a receiver with this year's draft class which means they're not going to be looking for a first or second round receiver again this year because teams still haven't quite caught up with that um I gotta tell you that it's so good that that's gonna that's gonna shrink the market Remember, the mm-hmm. Chiefs didn't think they were going to get back to Marcus Robinson last year. I know right. that. Not because I know things, but I know people who know things. They were surprised there wasn't a bigger market for them. And so they called them up. They're like, look, man, you know, we like you. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't offer you a big deal, but come on back. Let's win another ring. See if we can get you going. And I, that could happen again, only this time to Watkins. Because it's not just the fact that you've got a great, great, great group of, of receivers coming out. And, I mean, they might even be better. And honestly, if, if someone were like to put a gun to my head and say, you've got to pick one, but you can pick, mm-hmm. like, I might be like, why don't we just put Jalen Waddle on the Chiefs and just watch, like, <laughs> yeah. just Twitter alone during the draft. Like, you have any idea how many of the whole, they can't keep getting away with yep. this, gifts would be up there. <laughs> like, they can't keep doing this. Yeah. Um, oh, it'd be great. But it's not just that. So I'm looking at, um, so one of my colleagues at The Athletic, um, uh, Shield makes a great uh, list, you know, the top 50 free agents. The number two and three are Chris Godwin mm-hmm. and Kenny Galladay. Then you've got Allen Robinson and you've got Juju Smith-Schuster who may be playing himself out of a uh, right. out of a, a significant uh, contract, sure. but we'll see. He still has a ton of talent. Uh, so you've got those four guys alone and then you might have a bit of a drop-off in terms of some guys, but you also have Corey Davis mm-hmm. hitting the market. Yeah. Um, you have Will Fuller, who, let me just tell you guys, just on a side note, if there's one player that maybe the Chiefs give a call to and say, hey, dude, if you can be healthy for one year yes. here, you are going to get paid so much money. Right. That would be the guy to call because Will Fuller in this offense would just shred. Yes. Um, if he could stay healthy. So those are just some guys there. I mean, those, those, are, those are six players I've named there that have arguably put together better film than Watkins has this year ty hilton's a free agent now he's a little longer in the tooth but he can still play Mm -hmm. i mean you you have you have guys listen sammy watkins is listed at 34th he's behind like seven other receivers he's had the injury issue long road to a short thought i don't know if it's going to be super costly to keep him in kansas city and i think if they can bring him back for a reasonable deal and this time reasonable means something very different like what they did this last year was reflective of how much more highly they view sammy than maybe the fan base does they think sammy's an elite receiver has he shown that necessarily in kansas city outside of a few games not really Mm -hmm. um the, the the traits are there and every now and then he looks uncoverable um but i mean he hasn't been consistently elite but I just don't think the Chiefs would have to pay that high a price to keep him. And if they can't, someone's going to end up on the outside looking in out of this right. receiver group. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, would the Chiefs – let's say Sammy Watkins gets offered $8 million a year to play somewhere else. Should the Chiefs really match that? I don't think so. No. Because you can't tell me that out of Curtis Samuel, Sammy Watkins, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Will Fuller, one of these guys is going to be on the outside looking yep. in. And would you be would you be bummed or excited if they swapped out Watkins for Fuller? And at this point, I'd be kind of excited. Yeah. yeah. So 
I don't think it's going to be as expensive if he gets paid somewhere. In, I'm saying this all before his inevitable 600 yards and seven touchdowns during the playoffs. <laughs> um, it's it's he'll probably play himself into a good deal there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're competing with you know contract year Corey Davis. You're competing with some really really good players, right. and you combine that with the drafts drafts guys. You're talking about. 10, 11 teams at least that can address their need without even calling Sammy. Yep. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's bargain bin time. So that's that's where I think that's going to end up going. And if they can't get them for a bargain bin price, I don't think they should because they've got other things to, to address and you can draft receivers. Yeah. Yeah, so I completely agree with everything Seth said. And, like, there are guys in the draft like uh, Jalen Waddell. There's Rondale Moore from Purdue – um, Rashad Bateman, the guy from Minnesota, is a guy I like a lot. Tutu Atwell would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a small guy. He's kind of reminds me of Hardman a little bit. And then Justin Ross from Clemson. Like there, there's some talent. And that was the thing in the 2020 draft, where if the Chiefs didn't take a guy, that's okay because they can do it next season. Um, I mm-hmm. I still think that maybe a top 100 pick wouldn't hurt, but a lot of the Watkins situation depends on what they think of Hardman, and I think they've made it perfectly clear that they're in agreement with us that Hardman's not a future ex-receiver. He's never going to be a guy that fills Watkins' role. That's just, that's not Hardman's game. His routes aren't mm-hmm. the same. He doesn't deal with press the same. He's a really, really fast guy, but that's not necessarily what you want in that role. So the Veach contract trigger also comes into play, like with the cap getting weird do you do an incentive-laden deal with Watkins again? But like Seth said, do you want to give him $6 million in base salary and then have it go up to like 10 or 12 I don't think that's what you want to do. And then there's also other free agents. There's T.Y. Hilton, there's Will Fuller, there's Corey Davis. And then the last thing is I read like there was a Bleach Report article on Watkins right when the season was getting ready to start or a little bit before Mm -hmm. and it was like a deep dive into the mind of Sammy Watkins and like he is he's a complex dude he's hard to figure out he's been a number one before in Buffalo he knows what it's like to have all the attention on you and get the big bucks and get the thousand yards and all that stuff he wants to be happy he wants to be at peace he wants to win He wants his family to be happy. Like, there are several reasons for him to come back to Kansas City. And if that's not at a $9 million deal that can turn into 16, if it's at like a $5 million deal that can turn into 7 or something like that, then I think it makes more sense for both sides. Um, But there's reasons for both sides to want to reunite for at least one more year. And I think it's interesting you bring that up, too, because it seems like we always talk about Sammy Watkins being dynamic in this offense when he's not on the field, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like, every time he has an injury, we always talk about, oh, the Chiefs offense is better with Sammy Watkins on the field. And I think it should be talked about more just because his presence, and we've talked about this several times on the podcast, his presence demands attention. You can't just leave Sammy Watkins open like you can kind of leave Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Mm -hmm. Robinson is still going to make a play, but I think Sammy Watkins is a much bigger threat in terms to defense. So I I do think that Sammy Watkins could be interesting. I I can't remember when I looked this up, 
but uh, Spot Track was saying that his market value was around nine million, and I do think that that's uh, that's a little high for the mm-hmm. Chiefs to pay right mm-hmm. now, especially with the cap going to be dropping. So it, it's it's all going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. But wide receiver is one of those positions that have become more has become more interesting to me as the years kind of gone on, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know why that is, but. Uh, it's like Jordan. I keep going back to the point that you made about you want to give Patrick Mahomes a new toy to play with. I think that mm-hmm. that's perfect. I've been to say it for a second time that I think that's a good <laughs> point. And giving Patrick Mahomes, like we obviously know, us three here are very big Patrick Mahomes fans. Think he's very good at what he does. He's good at his job. He's a true <laughs> professional, and he's a historic quarterback. And mm-hmm. making sure that he continues to be historic by adding pieces around him to make him historic, I think, is is important. And Seth, you're kind of working uh, on something too about this. If you want to kind of plug yourself uh, about what you're what you're working on, <laughs> I just I, I want to throw one more thing into the uh, the free agent thing. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, I mean. You know who's 33 and might want a ring chase for one year? A.J. Green. I was thinking that. No. Yep. He's not. No, he's not what he was. That's but true. he's also in Cincinnati, so are we really sure that's it? <laughs> Just throwing out, out there. There are names there to look at. Is it, So it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, yes, I'm working on something regarding Mahomes. Um, uh, it's going to be on the Chief of the North newsletter. Um, and I... I'm very excited about it. It basically, I, I wrote earlier this year about his his how he succeeds on third down and how much better he is than everyone else. I've written on that about that for the athletic too. Mm-hmm. And now we're you know we're two and a half years in or more than two and a half now to think this is probably just not noise. You know, it's probably not just random. His success on third down. Yeah. I'm going to be writing about the Chiefs when they're trailing with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. And I, I don't want to spoil anything yet, but the numbers are so unbelievable that we're actually checking them right now because it's like this can't possibly be correct. Um, you know, everyone knows Mahomes has never lost a game by more than one score. Right. And there's a reason for that, and it's not because the defense is always elite. Um, it, there's, I, I think there's an argument to be made that the Chiefs have been better when trailing than anyone else mm-hmm. in the league, and it's not even close. No. And again, that's why we're double checking the numbers because, like, this can't possibly be right. Not in the NFL. Um, yeah. And it's just going to be kind of another nail in the coffin of the league has never seen anything like Patrick Mahomes, at least with the caveat like the Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid pairing. So, one more thing before I let you go. I just thought about this. You have an MVP vote. Who you vote for? Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Um, it, it, for me, it's Mahomes, and both of them have been so incredible this year. Yeah. Um, and people can talk about, you know, well, Mahomes has better weapons, which I think he does in theory, although I don't think that's quite as the chasm. Devontae Adams is a stud. Aaron Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're pretty good. Those secondary, <laughs> they're pretty good. Um, but Aaron Rodgers' offensive line, especially with Mitch Schwartz mm-hmm. hurt all year, yep. is significantly better um, across the board. Um, I don't know if there's any – with Schwartz out, I don't think there's any one position you'd take Kansas City's linemen over what they have in Green Bay. So that that kind of all cancels out. Mahomes hasn't really had a bad game this year. The closest thing to it was Miami or maybe New Orleans, mm-hmm. in which he was still a big part of the win. Whereas Rodgers has been the reason his team lost a game. And and that sounds like nitpicking, but you have to nitpick at this yep. point when two guys are playing yeah. so well. Here's, I guess, how I would divvy up between the two of them. I would look at, and again, we're, we're picking nits at this mm-hmm. point. The only real common opponent they had is, like, the Bucks, who Mahomes shredded. Yep. Rodgers yep. didn't. So, I mean, whatever. Different matchups. I get it. They both had 
a few games, but let's just say one game, where the defense took away everything their offense did well. Um, and for the Chiefs, that was the Saints. Maybe week two against the Chargers. Um, whereas with the, the, the Packers, that was obviously the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the difference in the way those two quarterbacks handled it, when that whole support system they both have came crashing down around them, that's the difference. Mahomes yeah. dragged the offense down the field, kicking and screaming. That second touchdown drive, to me, is Mahomes' MVP candidacy in a nutshell, where uh, I think Romo said it, that they are, the, he said, the Saints are playing defense as well as you can play mm-hmm. it. It just doesn't yeah. matter. And that, to me, is what gives him the slight edge in MVP that and I cheer for the Chiefs. So. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, Tucker. I completely agree, yeah. though, with Seth, where, like, Seth is the first person that I've read that said 2011 Rodgers is, like, perhaps the best single-season quarterback play ever. And, like, he's doing pretty much the same thing in 2020, which is, like, absolutely ridiculous. Like, there were the years where he was hurt. There were the years where there was just disagreements between him and McCarthy would seem like all the time. Like there were just different things that happened with him where his career really didn't unfold exactly how it could have or should have. He's still a top 10 quarterback all time, I think and talent wise top three, but like I don't like going with the narratives for MVP and that's how sports are like in the NBA. It's a common thing in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, he was he had a great season, but would you say he was the best quarterback in the league last season? I don't think that you would necessarily, but like it's it's a narrative thing, and I hope that doesn't come back to bite Mahomes. But at the same time, I'm not gonna be angry if Aaron Rodgers wins MVP. Like I'll be a little mm-hmm. bit disappointed, but like he's a great quarterback. He's having a great season. His team might lock up the number one seed. Like we really are splitting hairs and nitpicking, but I agree. I would go for Mahomes at this point. I saw Ben Baldwin tweet out his EPA per play, I believe it was, or mm-hmm. EPA game. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the exact stuff. It has to do with EPA. I, don't, I can't remember if it's the game total or if it's the per play. Um, but Patrick Mahomes hasn't had a game in under the 50th percentile. Yeah. So he hasn't had a below average Ever. game all year. Yep. Ever. Yeah, that's a yeah. great point to bring up is that he's never had a below average game. Aaron Rodgers did have his below average game. I think it was in the 20. Fifth percentile off, off the top of my head. It was, it was not good against against the Buccaneers. But um, Connor Christopherson, another guy who comes on the podcast a lot, has brought up. He's like, I can just see it now. The Chiefs fans just hanging on to that Buccaneers game, and mm-hmm. that's going to be the, what the Chiefs fans are going to use to bring down Aaron Rodgers as that Buccaneers game. But uh, absolutely, yeah, I think that it's going to be a tight race. But I do think Mahomes will eventually pull it out because we'll see Mahomes continually play well like against the panthers uh aaron Rodgers didn't have an aaron Rodgers game yeah. i believe he was below 50 percent uh, mm-hmm. in the 50th percentile for his epa so uh, that's very interesting and it's going to be something that we're going to talk about really for the next two weeks at least because i guess that's all the time left before the mvp voting is really uh done because it's a regular season award which would be interesting if they took in some postseason into that it, that would i i wish they did because yep. that should matter more yep. and on mm-hmm. a side note Rodgers is going to play the final two weeks. Mahomes might not That's play. Yep. And and that matters. Um, you know, final stats matter. They shouldn't, but they will. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see. But like Jordan said, I'm not going to be mad if Rodgers wins MVP. Oh, yeah. He should have won more. He should have won in 2011, and he didn't. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you going to do? So it's just incredible to me that there are two guys playing football at that level. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, Seth, I appreciate you joining us on today's episode of Roughing the Kicker. Um, so gracious with your time. I appreciate you 
exuding your knowledge on the podcast and of the listeners of the <laughs> podcast as well. <laughs> That's very kind of you to say. I, I really appreciate you guys having me. I think you're doing an awesome job. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it means a lot. Hopefully we can have you again uh, on sometime in the playoffs, maybe. Uh, maybe you and Nate at the same time. That would be, uh, be a blast. Wow, as, uh, power hour. Yeah. Power hour indeed. Anytime I can do anything that involves Nate, I I always say yeah. yes. So that that would Love be it. awesome. Love it. I appreciate it, Seth. Uh, you can go follow him on Twitter at Real MN Chiefs Fan. If you listen to this podcast, you probably already follow Nate because he is a good Chiefs follow. Yep. You can also follow another good Chiefs follow, Jordan Foot at Footnoted, and follow myself uh, at Tucker D Franklin. It's been an episode of Roughing the Kicker. Tomorrow, Jordan will join me once again with Connor Christopherson, and we're going to do our Roughing the Mailbag and Unnecessary Roughness segment. And until then, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. The Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast brought to you by Almost Entirely LLC in association with ArrowheadReport.com. Roughing the Kicker is hosted and produced by Tucker Franklin, executive produced by Joshua Briscoe, and is available on ArrowheadReport.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Chiefs coverage, visit ArrowheadReport.com and follow at SI Chiefs, at Tucker D. Franklin, and at JB Briscoe on Twitter. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.